you know, but she was claiming racism. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, I, I can't feel sorry for you because the world is already set up for those things to work out in your favor so many times. The one or two times that it doesn't work in your favor because you can clearly get on CNN, get on Fox News, get on all these people and make a and make a news story out of it. How many black people have been denied similar situations who probably were well more qualified than she is? That stuff doesn't make the news. What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined my co-host, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. A whole lot, actually. A whole lot. But uh, I'll let Rozzy go first, man. I, w- uh, I was going to tell another joke. Uh, it was going to be a fashion oh. joke. Uh, uh, oh, who, who's, uh, whose joke is it? It's... <laughs> It's a Laffy joke I Taffy. saw somewhere, but um, you know, yeah. Laffy Taffy it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, nah, nah. It was gonna be about fashion, but um, I ran out of material. Get it, get it. We always get it. Yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, we, we we definitely get it. <laughs> That's not the issue. But to your credit. They're getting better. <laughs> I mean, he had nowhere to go but up. <laughs> yeah, nah, you, you set that one. You set that one up pretty nice. You know, like yeah, your setup. It's just a joke sucked. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, man. I'm trying to work on my storytelling. Uh, it's a little bit of my homework from ALI. Um, so that's that's why I'm just testing stuff out with y'all. But uh, don't use any of those jokes. <laughs> so, but I'm getting better at the storytelling part. I like your storytelling, especially when you told a story about uh, you told your mom you let her whoop. <laughs> you let her whoop. Yeah, that was that was. <laughs> yeah, that's that's classic. So, oh, but anyway, man. man, yeah. What um for me, um, ALI, uh, I had uh, my second retreat with them. So we visited uh, Donaldson Prison here in Birmingham. It's uh, one of three maximum security prisons uh, in Alabama. So that was kind of eye-opening. It was kind of cool. I wore my Pritchard hoodie. Shout out to... Um, Erica. Was it Erica? Yeah, Eric, yeah. shout out to Erica Cooley uh, for that. She uh, she sent me that um, hoodie. So I wore it just kind of figuring that... You know, I could connect to at least one or two folks there because I'm sure somebody that was in there was going to be from uh, Pritchard. And uh, actually, there's only two juveniles that are housed in a maximum security prison in all of Alabama. And they were there. And both of them are from Tomaville. Hey, what you're not about to do. No, no. I mean, but no, it was it was it was actually the weirdest part about it was they, they they're not there for the same crime. And um, so we actually talked about how it didn't make sense or it was there's no way that statistically you should only have two people or two minors that are in maximum security prison that are from the same area. Um, and then we went on after we did the visit to talk about how in the past judges had such a broad kind of discretion 
in sentencing and here in Alabama. And so one of the things was you could look at a place like a judge that presided over Tomanville and a judge that presided over, say, Huntsville and the same crime would get very, very, very different you know, punishments, times, lengths, and everything. And we've talked about that a little bit, but it was just really eye-opening to see that these two kids were from the same area. But they looked at my Pritchard's uh, sweatshirt, and they, like, smiled. And why I wore it was because Sherman, when he was here, he talked about how even if you really hated somebody when you were, um, you know, back at home, just having that connection when you're in made a difference. And that's what I wanted to do and and I could see it when I was walking around the prison anybody that was like hey I'm from Pritchard I'm from Tomaville I'm from this place that place and they really were connected with me and they were like smiling just from me you know wearing that and so it was it was surreal man to just go through the prison and everything and see all that but um it's one of those things man one the the retreat let me know that Alabama has come a long way and we really are from a legislative standpoint trying to address a lot of the historical wrongs that they've had. Man, Alabama is actually on the forefront of a lot of good stuff. I'm excited for all of it. And um, so we'll just see how it all goes, man. But ALI has just opened my eyes. I'm really excited about the program. And guys, if anybody is thinking that they may want to you know, join or something, reach out to me, holla at me, uh, because the only way you can get in it is to get referred by somebody that's actually in it. And so, um, holla at me, let me know. And it's probably the best leadership, um, program that I've ever been in. And I've gone through a bunch of them. So that's, that's been my week, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, sounds, sounds very positive. Yeah, um, man. Sounds like you had a lot going on. A good yeah. experience. <laughs> So I'm I'm glad you started the show off on a positive note because when Ferg always asked what's going on for me, uh, it's just been a lot of disappointment this week. Uh, the hypocrisy in politics and just the vitriol in I guess everyday life. Uh, but we all know we had the State of the Union this week, well last week rather, and. It's just amazing to always watch the same group of people that say, you know, we're too politically correct. You know, liberals are too soft. You such snowflakes. And then they get butt hurt because the Speaker of the House ripped up the speech. How could she do that? I mean, that's just so uncivil. I mean, like, how do you not? And then they get on her for not clapping and standing up. But you see all these pictures of Paul Ryan doing the same thing, John Boehner in the past. Speakers of the House always do that if it's an opposing president. So the hypocrisy in that just disappointed me. Not surprising, though. And then uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it because we haven't even really discussed it for real. But just the vitriol that Gail King received over her questions in the interview. Listen, in my opinion, she did her job poorly. Okay. I know she's a journalist and journalists are expected to ask tough questions, but I think that's in poor taste and the timing of it was definitely, in my opinion, just bad. And then she, what made it worse is like she dug in. Had she just stuck with the original question, like, well, does it complicate his legacy? And then Lisa Leslie answered her and then they move on, but she like dug in and you wouldn't see that. You wouldn't see that. You wouldn't know that. And you know, he had to settle this case and stuff. And I understand it pissing a lot of people off, but 
I don't think we should go as far as to be calling her bitches and and coming for her. She receiving death threats. And people try to excuse it with saying, well, you know, that's Snoop Dogg. He's a rapper. What do you expect him to say? I don't expect, I, well, he's, he's he is a rapper, but he's also near 50. So he should know better. And my bigger problem was with the people that was co-signing it. So, yeah, Snoop said it, but that don't mean you have to co-sign it and agree and say she de- like people were literally saying she deserved that for doing her job poorly. And I just ask you, everybody who has a job that's listening to this. So you've never made a mistake at your job. You've never made a bad call at your job. You've never made uh, a bad decision or whatever. You think you deserve to have the entire Internet call you a bitch and a people come for you for that. Like, if that's where we at, let me know. So from now on, when I when you disagree with something that I agree with, or if I think you're down, you're down in the black culture in any kind of way, let me know that it's free game to call you a and I'll respond accordingly. So I was disappointed in that, man. Well, Riza, you got a lot of editing to do to start with. Um, <laughs> I know. I was like, man. <laughs> but I agree with you wholeheartedly, Byron. Um, I was going to comment on that, and I'm glad you took it over because. Gail did her job. She did it poorly. Um, it seems like she had an agenda, which people have every right to be frustrated with or attack. Don't have a problem with that. Snoop had an opinion. And everybody else. But Snoop had an opinion. That's the one we've really been talking about. Mm-hmm. And he went over the line like you said, by calling her out of her name and threatening her and stuff like that. Yes, he's a rapper. Yes, he's over 50, but he's one person. And I'm not condoning what Snoop did, but like you said, it's the people who are co-signing. And I think it goes back to our conversation a few weeks ago about being such fans of people that we just, we take up for them for any reason. And my biggest thing is we we, and I say that very strongly, we have to do better. You know, Gail misrepresented us. You know, I've seen things where we were, you know, we're trading her for all these other people, whatever the case may be. She's she's getting uninvited to the cookout. That's fine. That's fine. But at the same time, let's let's say what we need to say about Gail figure out what we're going to do, distance ourselves, cut her off, whatever the case may be. Don't have to call out her name. Snoop, because at the end of the day, she's still a woman, still a black woman. We have to respect that because even if you're going at Gale to the outside world, it's you guys don't care about your own. Once again, it's the black community attacking a black woman. It's not just about Gale. It's just seen by others that we should be we should be holding ourselves more accountable. Snoop the same thing. Like I saw somebody make a post where where are the girls dad girl dads why aren't they defending Gail? And I thought like, completely total totally different connection. <laughs> but I'm like, but there is a point that as men we can't we have to start looking at ourselves and even people we look up to and have come at Snoop the same way we came at Gail, where there was a wrongdoing. You had a platform. You made a mistake. 
hey, Snoop, with all due respect, man, I respect you, but you can't talk to our women or about our women like that. And if you do, I got to cut you off. It's just we just have to draw our, our, our line in the sand and be true to ourselves because we're just hurt. We're, we're, the narrative is not about the interview anymore. The narrative is not about what Snoop said anymore. Now it's, are you condoning what Snoop said to Gail? Or his opinion on Gail's, uh, it's not about his opinion on what Gail said in her interview. It's about him cussing her out and threatening her. You know, the narratives have shifted. Then Now the newer narrative is, are you guys going to allow it? Why aren't people standing up for Gail slash Oprah more so our black women? Is it okay to call our black women um, out of their name when we don't agree with them? A lot, so, of, a lot of lazy arguments surrounding it. So it's like, well, Oprah gets lumped into it. And it's like, well, they have this agenda where they never, they've never done anything for black people. That's not true. You could say they haven't done enough, in your opinion, or they could do more. But Oprah has given black men in Chicago. She's helped black men in Chicago out. She's given more money house. to Morehouse. They, they've done things. So you can't just schools. say they've never done anything. Or Gail has, she's never brought up Harvey Weinstein. Yes, she, she had a whole ass interview with his lawyer about it. So you could say that's not enough. That's fine, but don't be lazy with your arguments. And then some of the women are saying they may agree with you and I for it, but they try to lump us in and say, well, you know, black men are always looking to to tear down the black women. Hold on, sister. It was a lot of black women co-signing what Snoop said. A ton of black women co-signed. So don't lay that as just black brothers. I'm just women, tired of everybody lumping yeah, everybody in, though. Exactly, like, it's, like, have your, if we don't agree with Gail, we voice our opinion about Gail. It's not about black women. Well, we don't agree with Snoop. We don't agree with Snoop. It's not black men. Snoop came for him. Now, there could be a, a, a following. He could have a following, which he does, of black men. But that still doesn't mean all black men agree with him. And I think, once again, the narrative becomes more, becomes bigger than the whole issue. Now it's black men against black women. We're not protecting our black women. Black women tearing our black men down like Rather than Gail misspoke or made a bad choice, Snoop misspoke and had a, made a bad choice. Now black men and black women can't get along again. But right. don't want to hold up too much longer because we haven't even made it to the. I know that was longer than usual. <laughs> um, my my thing real quick is kind of going on the same line is, you know, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for being the Super Bowl champs. Proud of uh, Patrick Mahomes becoming, I think, the third African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And now, you know, congratulations to all all the ladies new crushed Travis Kelsey, who has uh, <laughs> took over black Twitter. And this is and by any, by no means am I trying to hate on him. What I want to do is I, I always try to call out double standards. And it's this dude is trending on black Twitter. Women are in love with them. They're congratulating, applauding and crushing on him hard because because I guess they think he's attractive. One, two, even more so because he's dating a black woman. But it seems like there's that same situation if there was a, a black player that did the same thing with a white woman, it would be an outrage or look at him. And it's just like, I, I, I'm tired of us, you know, picking and choosing 
when we think things are appropriate. And I know double standards will always exist, but I think um, as long as we keep subscribing to the, the, the minute ones, we'll never be able to have real dialogue. You know, it's not, why did, why did he choose a black woman or why does she, why is she choosing a, a white man and the dynamics of the relationship? It's, it's a battle and vice versa. When a black man chooses a white woman, you know, or, or the white woman chooses a black man, you know, understanding the dynamics of the relationship, understanding the differences and not making them necessarily a bad thing is just their thing. Um, it was just funny to see that because when I say Monday and Tuesday, that my timeline was flooded with Kelsey and his, is that his wife or girlfriend, fiance? I think it's his girlfriend, maybe fiance. Yeah. But I mean, he got extra points for that, you know? So, I mean, there's not much to say on it. I just, I just want us to stop coming at each other so hard and try to get more understanding rather than uh, continually judging each other on things that we don't necessarily agree on for one party. But what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Is that what they say? The old folks say? Sure. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, all right, fellas, uh, let's pay some bills and we'll come back with our questions. All right, we're back. Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite podcast. And it's my favorite time of the show. It's question time, people. So I'm going to start it off. Today is February 9th. We are going into the week of Valentine's. So it's Black History Month, Black Love Month, and Black Love Week. I don't know if all those are true, but that's what I'm calling it. So uh, my question is going to be around, I guess, Black Love again. So, fellas, we all grew up in the 80s and 90s. And around this time of year, we, you know, some of us might have been making a a playlist or a tape or a CD for our our loved ones. <laughs> I eat splash. Whoever got my splash, I want it back. You know, if anybody if anybody's listening, they got a copy of Splash. I want it back. But um, so that's part of it. And then I just remember growing up and always watching movies and stuff like that. And people had that. Couples had that song. You know what I'm saying? Like. They'll be married for 65 years and a song will come on like that. That's our song. So my question for you guys is, do you and your wife have a song, you know, or better yet, are there two or three songs that make you think of her every time you or you guys every time you hear it? If so, what are those songs and why? So, you know, me and Tabitha go way back to the days when you would talk on the phone till you fell asleep and then you try to play it off like you weren't asleep. I'm not asleep. You sleep? No, uh, I'm I, up. I ain't I sleep. I'll for you to say something. I'm sleep. I ain't sleep. I'm sleepy, but I ain't sleep. <laughs> for you, when you ask that question, three songs come to mind. One is uh, Brian McKnight, Still in Love. Matter of fact, that's what she walked down the aisle to when we got married. When eagles forget how to fly, when it's 20 below in July, when violets turn red, roses turn blue, I'll still be in love with you. So that is the one she walked down the aisle to. Our first dance was to uh, So Amazing. And um, so we danced to that. And even our first anniversary when we went to Miami, I like brought my iPod. And we listened to it and dance, slow danced on the beach. That's kind of corny now that I look back on it. But at the time, it felt romantic, goddammit. So 
And and our third song, man, is just something is a uh, is Tupac run the streets, and we would be on the phone, and I would rap Tupac's verse, and she would uh she would sing the chorus, and it's a female rapper on there named Storm. She had learned her verse, and so we would like just rap that to each other on the phone from time to time. So there's actually a lot of Tupac songs that are our songs, but I wanted to mix it up with two R and B joints. So okay. those are the three that that are us. Like whenever we hear, especially when we hear "Run the Streets," if we're in the car, it's like we in tenth grade again, man. All righty, those are the good three. Well, Riza, give me what you got. Um, I had to think about this because it, it's me and Jenica are so all over the place. Uh, this y'all might laugh at this one, but uh, the the Chuck E. Cheese birthday song. Because yeah, 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 our first, our yeah. first, bir- first, our first date, date. yeah, oh, our first yeah, date was at Chuck E. Cheese, and so it, it's hilarious. But you know, it it does it, oh, it reminds me of that first date. So, so, so wait a minute, is the Chuck E. Cheese birthday song different from the regular birthday song? Yes. Yeah, is it, is the Chuck E. Cheese is like you're a birthday star at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh no, I don't know that song. We all aim to please. Yeah, hey, you, you, gotta post, you gotta post that on the page, yo. How do you know the song? <laughs> How do you know your song? Hey, Jen, he don't know y'all song. <laughs> and oh, you gonna get in trouble for that? Not knowing the song or that being your song. No, what <laughs> ain't our song? That, we, that, the thing is, I don't think we really have a song. Um, I, it, the thing about it is with us because we just like Byron said, we just kind of became friends and fell in love so fast that there wasn't like this one defining song that was ever ours. So for me, it's just songs that make me really look back at her and be like, okay, they make me think of her. So I don't know necessarily if they're our song because uh, give me what you got. So, so for the other one that um is Aerosmith, um don't want to miss a thing. Okay. So you know right. I don't want to close my eyes, I'm don't want to fall asleep. Track. Yeah. yeah the, so getting. yeah. Um. So that one and and it's because Jenica loves every genre of music and rock is one of her big big uh things and so that one when that comes on is one that we would always like just kind of sing together uh because we both really like that song so i'll pick that one um and then the other one that i always mess with her is i i can't i can't remember who sings it but it's the one it's like hey ladies yeah um and ah uh, what is the name of it um i hear i hear that song all the time but i don't even i don't know who sing who raps it or whatever but i know you're talking about you know what i'm talking about it, yeah. so and it, it's really funny because jennica really really loves it it's like um it, 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 it it's got like look back at it on it i i, I, yes. I you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a horrible song, right? It's such a horrible song, but it's funny. It's, it's, she she loves that song, and so it's one of those things that whenever it comes on, anytime that it's on, me and her text each other back and forth that it's on or like if it's on Spotify I'll be like share it with her right then like oh it came up on my feed and so it's one of those things man that it's just ours because it's ours you know and that's just it it's just one of those things we always think about each other when it comes on that's it right there 
Bruh, that's horrible. Travis Porter, by the way. Travis Porter, that's it, yeah. <laughs> that's so horrible, bruh. So horrible. Okay. That's funny. Well, I, I definitely want Jen to comment on those. Uh, my three, and I might give a fourth just to throw something a little out there. So my first one would be Lady in My Life by Michael Jackson. Uh, for at one point I was just really, uh, I had a playlist and that song somehow would always come on and it just reminded me of, just reminded me of her. Um, and I just think it was a beautiful song and it's like one of those rare chances you got to hear Michael Jackson really sing. And, uh, most people don't know him or respect him for his actual voice. That was also a good song. Uh, the second one would be, Music 143. And I don't know if you guys ever heard that song, 143. So the basically, and I put her on this song, uh, and it, it was special for a few reasons. But 143 is his way of saying I love you. So 143, I is one letter, four, love is four letters, three is, I mean, you is three letters. So 143. So that was kind of our code for I love you. Um, then the second part of that was, She's a Delta. She's an A. So she's the one. I'm the four on my line. And then if you look at synergy, it's really weird. When you look at synergy or synergy theorems, like one plus one equals three. So me plus her plus me equals three. So, you know, because you can build off synergies. Basically, you can get more from two uh, two people than you get from one. So um, so one, four, three was kind of our special song. And I'm a, I was a huge music fan, music soul child fan and a uh, great song. So you guys should listen to it. And the third one would be so high by John legend. And I mean, as I guess I kind of dogged John legend out a couple of episodes ago, but he is one of my favorite artists. And, um, and the reason I like that song is it's actually a song I proposed to her too. And so I proposed on an airplane playing that song. So, you know, being so high in the sky, you know, feel like in the sky, you know, like that. Uh, so I proposed playing that song and we're both huge John Legend fans and stuff like that. So that would be my third. And just to throw a, a, a alternate in there, T.I., whatever you like. So when I met her... <laughs> When I met her in 2008, late 2008, early 2009, I was working in Tallahassee for Philip Morris. And if anybody knows anything about college towns, you can survive off college income, you know, a couple of net checks, drink specials like that. And so when you stay in that same city and you're making 60, 65,000 a year, no wife, no kids, you're balling in a college town. And so that was my thing. I remember my first dates, you know, it was like, uh, should I get the chicken or the shrimp? Oh, baby, get both. <laughs> you know, you can have whatever you like. So that was my thing. You know, I felt like there wasn't much in Tallahassee I can afford or I can pay for it. Boy, my, uh, I look back 10, 11 years ago, my, my standards were so low. We've definitely come a long way. And so she still gets what she wants, but those are, those are my top four. So nice, nice. You got another one, You giving us something different? You coming? You coming back? No, no. Um, you sticking with your answer? 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, Mirror. for us, it, it could be all over the place. I mean, we could we love karaoke. And one of the things that we, we always do um, is we always sing the regulators together. We, it's a, funny thing, we literally did karaoke last night and sung we opened up to regulators yeah yeah so i i may put that one on there too just Regulate. because we always sing that song um but karaoke and you know it's one of those things that we really like to do and so i throw that out there as well uh as a fourth okay all right all right. Well, once once again, the person that goes in front of me is pretty positive. So <laughs> here I come with the opposite tone. Well, um, well, I I tried to I try to keep it positive this time. So uh, this question is something that Tapper and I have disagreed on. Uh, so I wanted to bring it to you. Yeah. So I agree with you, Tapper. <laughs> And I feel like I know what your answers are going to be, but I just like to, I want to explore it. Do you guys feel that um, black people can be racist? Yes. Um, definitely. Now, the, the thing about it is they can have unconscious biases uh, and, and buying the stereotypes and that type of thing. But along with being racist comes racism where you have to have the power to actually affect and negatively affect the other person. So that becomes harder to, to identify. But the thing about it is we have black people that are in positions of power that won't hire other black people because of, Oh, I don't, I don't want the coonery in here. I don't want, you know, the N word up in here. And so they, they start identifying that person and throwing those stereotypes in there because of that. So I do feel like black people can be racist and they can be in those positions of power to negatively affect on uh, that person. They may buy into the negative stereotypes and, and the system and they may be a realtor and they automatically think when I got a black client, I'm gonna throw them in a black area. You know what I'm saying? They 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 have been ingrained in the whole redlining thing, and so they start doing the same thing that that is ha- we thought only white people were doing, but they end up supporting that racist uh, system. So I so, definitely think they can be racist. So it's not like you're saying you believe that black people can hate their own race. What about can they be racist toward white people? That was my that was my follow up because it seems like I, I I think so I mean I think the, the the same thing is it's it's one of those things that they definitely can be racist towards the uh, person um, but the problem is that it's they they're not going to have that a lot of that power because of that white privilege to be able to really affect that white person's life like you're not you're not negatively going to affect that white person but you might. I mean, if you're the person that's making the decision on whether they're going to get, I, I don't know, approved for a loan or or if they're going to get these benefits and stuff like that, and you're just like, I just don't want to give it to them, uh, you know, and and so I, I think that that can happen. I think it happens less than most times, um, but uh, th- we really have to make the the 
differentiation between racism and unconscious bias. Unconscious bias is those things that those stereotypes that we just kind of we talked about in a previous episode where, you know, it's just ingrained in me that I I think this way or I think that way about a black person, a white person automatically assuming when you hear a story about a doctor that the doctor's a white male. You know what I mean? That, that it just you you fill in those gaps and you automatically put those people uh into this into what you think or what society has told you those people fit into. And so you do that. And so you can become racist just by not assuming that that white person is, you know, uh, um the manager or you 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 assume that the black person is the the help and the white person is the manager so i i think you do that it's just it doesn't affect white people as much but you still can be racist towards them if that makes sense well i thank you for going first rosie because you definitely opened my mind up because if i would have went first i would have said no based off of racism as a racism as or racist as i know it but it goes back to something I think I've said a thousand times on the show. I don't believe in any absolute. So this stands true. So I would have originally said, no, black people can't be racist. But based off of Rosie's argument, they can be to a certain extent. You know, um, there's not a system system. There's there's not a systematic uh, racism going on within the black community towards white people. Like we don't have the power to, all right, we're about to make sure none of these white people ever get a job. Like we don't, we don't have that stuff going on. But like you said, there's those one-offs where I might have the power to say, I have two candidates, a white person, black person. I'm going to choose a black person just because they might be a little less qualified or they might be equally qualified, but I don't want to work with this white person. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. But I don't think it happens as much, and is the impact is not as deep, you know. Um, then in your your other uh, example, when you were talking about black people being racist towards our own, I think it's just they're just falling in falling in on the current systematic racism that we have set up in America. So they're just they're just pawns, like they they the power has been extended to them and usually the power has been extended to them because somebody sees that they're going to carry, I feel like they're going to carry out the agenda anyway. It's like, well, I can put Rise in this because I know he probably ain't going to hire that nigga either. So <laughs> Exactly. Oh, excuse me, Naker. He's not going to hire that Naker either. So yeah, I guess it, it does exist. It's just not as profound and I'll never feel sorry and maybe I'm overstepping I'm not going to feel sorry for white people for being a part of experiencing this racism that we've experienced for centuries like okay Byron then hired them now they or the person out in Texas that were was trying to get in UT and they didn't get in because of um, I think her name was Abby Abby something yeah, because stay mad, Abby. Stay mad. Yeah. Well, she to get in because she was because at the bottom. Grades, actually. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she was at the bottom tier anyway. Yeah. And so it was black, people. you know. But she was claiming racism. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like I, I can't feel sorry for you because the world is already set up for those things to work out 
in your favor so many times. The one or two times that it doesn't work in your favor because you can clearly get on CNN, get on Fox News, get on all these people and make a and make a news story out of it. How many black people have been denied similar situations who probably were well more qualified than she is? That stuff doesn't make the news. You know, so I guess they there are there are forms of black racism or black owned racism. I don't know how we would we would coin that. Cause I just don't, I just, I don't want to, I don't want, I can't give it the we, same power we, as just, we, we, we usually just call it like self hate or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking about black people who are quote unquote racist. Cause I don't even, I can't even feel sorry for that. Black, black people that are quote unquote racist to white people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, is it, or is it just like, Hey, you know you'll what? Some, you'll get some flack for that. <laughs> no, not even that. Like, it's not. Like I don't, I don't like anybody who's just an evil person and that goes out of their way to harm others. But if you're under understanding of the situation and like, hey, I might give this other person, I might give Rizzi a chance over Spencer over here because I know that there's a good chance that Spencer can go someplace else and get another chance. Mm. I'm not mad at that person. Like. They're equally qualified. Rizzi might be a slot, uh, a tad less qualified, but I relate to him. I rather work with him. There's things, similarities that I, 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 I see. And if I can be part of him progressing and breaking a cycle, I want to be part of that. And maybe I don't have that same affinity or that, that want, that deep want or desire to see Spencer. Uh, if we have any listeners named Spencer, you know, my bad. Yeah, I do have a homeboy named Spencer. So Spence, my bad, man. Nah, we ain't talking about you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's me. What, what you got for us, Buff? Well, I asked this question thinking we were going to like vehemently disagree, but you two nakers knocked this question out the park, man. Uh, so Tabitha, her answer was flat out no. No, I mean, what? Yes, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Her, her answer was flat out yes. Black people can be racist, and I was trying to explain to her, like Rizzi did, and like you did, for. And so my answer is just like you guys. Uh, so I'll just say it. I don't have to say as much as I was going to say. So, yes, black people can be racist, but my answer is almost like a yes and no. Yes, they can be racist, but the no comes in because. In my opinion, we can't affect anybody. So I would rate if we're racist towards white people, it doesn't matter because we don't control anything. We don't control any industry. We don't do any redlining. We don't we don't control any banking. We don't control any political policies. I mean, we had a black president. I don't think he mentioned the word uh, reparations more than five times, if that. I mean, there were certain things that he was scared to do as a black president. Yet you got Trump out here giving. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, not only giving him the Medal of Freedom, but at the State of the Mother Bleeping Union. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's that's how, you know what I'm saying? So we don't control anything. It's already only like 39 million of us in this country, not counting the ones that are incarcerated. And then the ones that are ex-felons, they can't even vote in most states. So we, we're just marginalized in all type of ways. And the main thing I will say is you know, our racism doesn't matter because even even if we 
we have, like Rosie mentioned, the single person that has this position of power. That person still can't go through life without having to deal with white people, get their approval on something like that, because they control so much. It's not like that on our end. So you look at it like this. I look at it like this. When people say you, quote, made it, that's just that's just translating to, hey, white people like you. You know, what I'm saying that's what we made it now means or yes. or in politics, when someone is uh, when they say they're very electable, electable just means. Oh, white people will vote for you. That's that's yeah. the that you heard that about Obama so much in 07 and 08. He's electable because white people feel safe with him. So mainstream, that equals white. Like at, at, I, the people that are listening to this show, ask 10 white people who Mays is and who Frankie Beverly is, and come back with the results on how many of them know them. Very successful artists. But he's black famous. So there's famous and there's black famous. So everything mainstream, everything that's popular is is white. And my answer to Tabitha is that because we don't control anything, even if we are racist, it has no effect on white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very minor. But you know what the thing about it is, now that, now that we've discussed it, we've only talked about two people, two groups. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more... Believe it or not, there's more than black and white in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, are, you, are, are, you, are you racist to uh, the Muslim or the Middle Eastern person that comes in and applies for your job and and everything? Are you are you a part of the system that's actually harming them? Uh, and 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 truthfully, I I do think black people buy into that a lot um, with being racist towards. Middle Eastern people uh, being racist towards Asians a lot of time and that type of thing. So I, I really feel like, yes, we can be racist. It's just, it, again, it might not harm the white people if we're racist towards white people. But when we're racist towards those other areas, we're feeding into that system and we're a part it, it, of that racist uh, system. Is it racist or is it biases again? Because I think it's the same people that have the because I don't think the opportunity increases because of different minorities you know like if i don't have control or uh, the power to make a change in a white person's life i probably don't have the uh, the authority to make changes in hispanic asian middle eastern so it's the same people the same people that we were talking about earlier that can tell it's between Rizzi, spencer muhammad and jose now and i still choose Rizzi. it's like it's the same people. I don't think we're just, it's that many new options it, it, to it's, be. It's, it's not, but it is. So think about it like this. Um, Hispanics make up about 17% of the population. I think black people make up about 19%. Asians under 3%. White people make we, up about 55, 60%. I thought we were around 13%. Where you get 19%? Uh, no, we're more than, uh, Hispanics. And so right now, still. And so it, it's, it may be Hispanics are 13, we're, fi- uh, 17, but I know we're more than Hispanics. They, they say Hispanics are going to overtake us within the next five years, 45 years, I think. Um, but right now we still are a larger block. Uh, but th- all that to say, the thing about it is to t- just take, Hispanics. I mean, to to the next biggest block. If 
we are uh, contributing to that racist system. So now, now that they are going up against the 55% of white people that are say setting up this system to be racist against them, you add us on top of that. Now they're going up against 70% of the population that's setting up the system against them. So, um, that other 17, 15, 13%, whatever it, it is, we, we can look it up and actually validate it, but that rest of that percentage uh, makes a difference in whether they actually can get jobs uh, or not. And so I, I think when we talk about we might not have the, the power uh, to make a difference with like against white people, that's because they're the majority. We do have uh, the power to assist positively or negatively with those other minorities. Okay. Well, I think some of the stuff you pointed out was more or less like stereotypes. As and and yeah, you may have one or two individuals that are racist towards Muslims or Asians, but by and large, black people are not racist towards them because if we were, they wouldn't open up all these stores and shops in our neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, you oh. have so many Asian shops in our neighborhoods. Muslims have gas stations in our neighborhoods. Ride with Pride and all these other off-brand name gas stations they have. So we can't be too racist because they sure do come in our in our neighborhoods and take our money. So they don't mind doing I that. I mean, do do we not shop at those white places? I mean, even if we are trying to be racist. But but listen though, how many black-owned businesses are in white neighborhoods? You go to Beverly Hills and stuff like, unless it's just some. Hugely, widely successful. Oh, I see what you're saying. Made it. Uh, I mean, so they we can't be racist because they come in our neighborhoods. I, I see what he's saying. So he's not saying we still gonna have those biases. We still can feel as strongly about them, not like them, whatever the case may be. And I'm saying that's my stance. But if that's the case, they still have the power to. We don't stop them. We can't stop them from doing anything. They're still gonna do what they're. We don't affect their agenda. Yeah. White people can stop us from getting a shop in their neighborhood, but we can't stop Asians from doing this. We can't stop uh, Arabs from doing this. Like we, people take over our neighborhoods all the time, and we have but, no. But, but that is a stereotype in itself to say, oh, the Asians only have shops, or uh, the you know Muslims only have shops, and that's all they do. There are Muslims that are in corporate America. There are we're, Asians we're that are in corporate America. We're not saying that. We're not saying that. No, that's not the no, no, we're saying no, is, what I'm saying is when we talk about the system, we're talking about being able to go get a job, being able to go get a mortgage, being able to go no, get things. You, and so, my point. You, what we're saying is you started off saying that black people can be racist toward Muslims. And what I'm saying is, how can that be when Muslims are so comfortable with having a place of business in predominantly black neighborhoods? Asians are comfortable having businesses in predominantly black neighborhoods. So if, if we are racist, they ain't feeling it. because well, they well, have, well, they, and, and I don't think I, I mean, it's because most black people aren't racist. So I, we're, we're not talking about the 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 whole okay all of us are yes they can come in there but we're we're asking the question can we be racist and so when we talk about can we be racist you're talking about the probably the exceptions you're talking about the ones that are going to be racist towards them not enough to affect anything to your point when you're saying let's say we're the 15 percent our 15 percent is not necessarily voting for them we're not voting against them what Byron's trying to say is if we're talking about racism as a system of power, and we're not saying all Arabs own gas stations, all Asians do this. We're saying is these people still have the ability, whether we like them or not, 
we have our biases against them or not, they still can have an agenda and do what they want to do. They can come in our neighborhoods, no matter what we like them or not. I'm from the hood. I've seen people go in there and cuss uh, Asians and Arab people out all the time. Why, but why are you in our neighborhood? They can get as mad as they want to. They can't kick them out the neighborhood. They can't get them out. Now reverse that and say, hey, I want to go open up a shop in the middle in, in Bel Air in, in uh, Houston and they don't want me there. I'm not going to be there. Like there's going to be some way that there's there's a system set up to make it difficult for me to get into those areas. And that's there's a system. We don't have a system, whether we want them there or not. We don't have to like them. But they're still, they're still going to be able to do what they want to do. Now, do we have the ability as a whole, if we came to a collective agreement saying, hey, we're going to vote on in our favor or against our favor, but we're going to vote as a whole? Yes, if the 15% got together and said, we're going to vote this way. Yes, as a group, we could be part, we could piggyback off the current racist system. But we, we don't have the power on our own to make that stuff happen on a general sense. Yes, there's always a one off. It's always I cannot hire this person or I can't you know, I can do this or this. But as a whole, we don't have the power to really affect others as drastically. I can agree. I, I can agree with that. Like I said, as, as a whole, I, I don't think we're trying to. But when you talk about piggybacking on the system is what I'm talking about. That, so uh, as as a race, a, as individuals in our race, because you got to think most white people aren't racist. Most white people aren't like they, they may they may. Um, be okay. cool with the system, down okay. with the system, but they're, uh, they they and, and they benefit from the system. But those, I those levels, they're not black. There's levels, racist. and so yeah, they're okay. they're. Uh, that's my thing, and so but, my thing. There are black people that are more racist than some white people, and so that there's a continuum. Black people, uh, we are not a monolith, so that we We're can't more say, biased, but we can't be more racist. There, there are some. I mean, you got to think. There's some Uncle Ruckus type dudes out there that are way more racist than you know some white people. So, what does Uncle Ruckus have the power to change? Who can he affect? He doesn't. But the system that he supports can. And so that's the thing about it is he's supporting the racist system. So that that, that makes who's controlling the system that he's buying into. I mean, it, it's there's no one person sitting there controlling the system. The system's been set up over white years and years controlling and years. The system, the answer is white people controlling white the system. People, yes, as a group. Oh, man. But what we're saying is, what it's we're saying man, is, Rizzi. he he can be in that system, and and just like Ferg said, um, you know, oh, they'll let me in because they know I wouldn't hire that dude anyway or that nigga anyway. So what they're doing is Naker, that, those Naker, white people Naker. would Naker. let. Uncle Ruckus the in the Naker, so they, they will let they will let Uncle Ruckus in and let him do it. It's the same as that black dude that's giving out cash to people to help support Trump. Like that dude. Like, but the Uncle Ruckus example that you're using, his support or non-support doesn't even matter. Think about it. The Republican Party does everything they can to ignore us. And they and they still have no problem winning elections Blatant. every two years and every four years. So our support doesn't even really matter. So your example, like, yeah, he might buy into the system, but who controls the system? It's like you pointing out the crack user versus the crack dealer. Like, 
what it, I'm saying, it's, what I'm it's saying the top is that matters. The, the top matters, but the problem is they they don't need they don't need all of the black um, areas or the black people, but they do need four to five percent. So and and that they do need and they know that and so when you talk about political strategy and things like that they know they have to just shave just enough off so they can win and so they need that support in order to be able to win and they need those Uncle Ruckuses to be able they need those racist black people that are out there to support two different things you just said two different things you said they need that that four percent black people. That that Uncle Ruckus and black people is, is, is I mean that's like that's like two different voting blocks right there. So what I'm saying is they can ignore the pretty much the entire race of black they can, people. They can, they can they ignore another ninety six percent. They'll they'll pick off the Hispanics. That's how they won Florida. Exactly. Like, they'll just pick off Hispanics. So that's what I was about to say that. So we're talking about Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus doesn't matter because they can be an Uncle Rodrigo. Like the the whole thing is <laughs> because all they need is a small amount. Uncle Ruckus has no more power than Uncle Rodrigo. Like it's it doesn't it's just, they just need a few outliers from any community that most likely will vote against their own well being or the, the the greater good for their people because it it might benefit Ruckus. It might benefit Rodrigo, but it, if they can find that four percent across the board, they can get two percent from the black community, two percent from the Hispanic community, and one percent from the Asian community. They got they have their four percent, and they they met their quota. And I just want to say also, I, I said you know the Republican Party ignores black people. I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like the Democrat Party just is completely embracing us. So what the Democrat Party do is they just say we're just more inclusive. So yeah, you all can come in, but it's not like they're so much catering to us either. I mean, they're both bad. I just wanted to get that point out there yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so, so Rizzy, I, I took it seriously. You, you gonna, you gonna take us home light or are you going serious too? Whew. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think a little bit of both. Um, so okay. we've been talking about the Nakers and, and racism and things like that. So I do want to talk a little bit about that. So uh, you guys know Robert Downey Jr. Um, at I one mean. point during his career did, um, uh, was very famous. And I think he got a best supporting Oscar for, um, his time in blackface or he was at least nominated for it. So Robert anybody who Dunder. doesn't know Robert Downey Jr. played and he was ripping off a, um, a, a some French guy who did blackface in the, I think forties, fifties or something, but in Tropic Thunder, he played a white guy who went under surgery to play a black, yeah, guy, black guy in the movie. So he's the dude playing the dude playing another dude. But um so my question is in the news it's it's come back up, I guess. I don't know why, but it just started circulating again about um uh, people questioning whether that was the right thing or not. So I'm just asking you guys, uh were you okay with Robert Downey Jr. playing blackface in Tropic Thunder? The circumstances that it was for Tropic Thunder, are you okay with him playing blackface in that? Um, the way you explained it, because I didn't, I didn't really watch the Tropic Thunders, uh, but people have told me that it's pretty funny. But from what you explained, I mean, I, yeah, it's okay. I think he, it was a satirical take on the whole blackface movement. Yeah. So I think it was, it was. It was an artistic 
gesture. It wasn't just like, oh, they need a black dude in the movie. Like if he if what he did was what really was going on, like, hey, they need a black person for this role. I want to be that black person. So I'm going to put on blackface and play a black person. And that was real life. Yes, I have a problem for the fact that they made fun of how crazy it was. Like it, it was, it was hilarious to me. It's like you want to roll this bad, or if you look throughout history, how many times we've we've had white people want to play these famous black characters, and they Cleopatra, probably the most famous example, Liz Taylor, Liz Taylor playing Cleopatra years ago, is like. This is hilarious. Like we have all these black artists or all those black actors out here, and you're gonna take the one white dude who doesn't even look black in this thing. You ain't gotta go back that far. You ain't gotta go back that far. For they wanted Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I mean, but think about this, Cleopatra. Like that was a famous role. That's one of Liz Taylor's most famous roles. And so I don't have a problem with Rise. I think it was actually it was hilarious. Just because I think that might be, and this is off the top of my head, I haven't thought too much in it, might be only one of the only times I've I've seen it done properly, I guess. Not taken too seriously because, and not to steal your thunder, did you see Barnes and Nobles this week? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so they they put a book and it had um the the blackface. Like... It wasn't a book. They had a. I think they did top. I want to say it was a top ten American classics, and they changed the cover to make the main characters black. So pretty much put them in blackface. And I at first, I mean, I don't agree with it. It was poor taste. I think what they were trying to do in this situation was embrace the new wave of characters being black. Like, and especially in kids' movies, like the latest one is A Little Mermaid, where mm-hmm. uh, I think Chloe's playing uh, Ariel. Ariel, yeah. And so they're like, well, this is the world we're living in. You know, Thor is going to be a black woman. Like, all these different things, all these changes. Let's show that we're diverse and we're open to diversity and we're going to pick uh, top 10 American classics and make them black as well. Rather than take the, the idiot part, was it you could have picked top 10 black American classics and highlighted a, bl- a black history month that way. But to make uh, Captain Ahab black, you know, like it, it doesn't make sense because, you know, uh, I was debating with somebody about this. I get their attempt. I guess I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but the, the narrative of the story doesn't change. You know, like everybody, they're still, you know, it's still taking place in the same, same era, same area, and the black character doesn't fit. Now, like in Air, I mean, the Little Mermaid, and when they do remake movies, they'll, even like the Princess Frog, they made it take place in New Orleans and stuff like that. So her being a black character made sense how they wrote the story. Like they, they're not changing the story. They're just saying, hey, Captain Ahab is black now. Go hunt a well. But I'm sorry, Tropic Thunder. Uh, so before I give my follow up, Rising, what, what's your answer? Did you have an issue with it? Um, no. And and kind of the reason from where I prefaced uh, the question, it's it's one of those things, man, that I think it's no different for me than an artist 
like a white actor having to become a racist to play the part right so it's one of those things that you're not you're not holding it against them as oh they're they're calling everybody you know niggas because that's the part that they're playing nakers nakers Mm -hmm. so they're not calling everybody nakers because that's the part they're playing and i think that was what robert downey jr was doing was he was playing the part of the guy that actually did it so it's one of those things that i feel like it was okay but he it's during my ALI retreat, one of the things they talked about was intent and impact. And they're like, the only person that can tell you the impact of something is the impacted person. And so there were people that were impacted by that and didn't like it. And so, you know, we talk about everybody has their opinion and they, they have the ability to have their opinion and I'm okay with that. But for me, I think we have to take a step back and look at it for what it really is and look at the person's intent behind it. If like Ferg said, if it was somebody that was, I want to play this black character. So I'm going to put on this black makeup so I can play a black character. Um, that's different than me saying I'm playing the guy that actually did that thing. Um, and, and making fun of him. So I was okay with it. And, and Robert Downey Jr. even said he talked to his black friends and they were fine with it. But like, just like we're saying, they found it hilarious because of him making fun of the folks that actually did it. Um, you know, or, um, I don't know if you guys have seen Bamboozled from Spike Lee. That's one of the, the best movies about blackface out there. So listeners, if you're listening, uh, Black History Month, it's a great time to uh, go and look at that. Uh, go check out Bamboozled. It was uh, the same thing. People got mad at them for doing the movie, highlighting the blackface and the caricature and the water eat melon eating, you know, black people. They were trying to make fun of it and bring it to light, but people got mad at the actors for doing the movie. And so I'm like, guys, we, we can't ignore these things. They happened. And if you just ignore them, you start forgetting that they did happen at some point, nobody's going to be able to put two and two together. So I really appreciate artists that will step out and put themselves on the line so that people can see that these things actually happened in the past. Yeah. And and I appreciate that because I think you, we start back to what I was saying earlier. We have to start having the right narrative. We have to be able to stop jumping to conclusions or, you know, you see something and your initial impact is you can be pissed. Like back to Barnes and Nobles. When I saw it, I was like, what the hell? Like, and then I read more into it because it's 2020 and I, I consider myself a least slightly educated person read more into it. I'm like, I, I don't necessarily agree what they did. I think it was still in poor taste or a bad decision, not even poor taste, which is a bad decision. And, but I'm not as upset. It was just, like I said, I think they were jumping on the craze of putting black characters in uh, classic roles. Did they do it properly? No. Could they have used actual black literature? Yes. Were they trying to be racist? I don't think, I don't, I don't think they were like, what can we do to piss black people off this month? Have you seen the covers, Byron? I haven't. No. Yeah, man, it, it looks crazy, but I don't know, man. That was a good. That was a good question, Rising. Oh, but Rising. Buff, you had one more oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what well, you guys kind of uh, you actually kind of answered. I was going to say, what do you say to the people? Because you know, every Halloween, 
someone does something racist. That's just, that's just stupid, exactly, though. So what do you say to the people that say, well, when I wore my black face, it was an outrage. But you got, I think you guys kind of answered it already. Yeah, like, you, you got to, I don't know, man. People are stupid. <laughs> that, just, that shit is what it is. You know, I get annoyed very easily, so. For sure. Oh, Buff, uh, we're missing somebody. Oh, I'm in a different setup, man. I, I noticed the last two episodes, uh, it's been like glitches in the sound. So I just wanted to kind of change it up. And I got my phone on airplane mode, too, because I think it was interfering, too. But I noticed whenever I would talk, it would be glitches. And just trying to make the sound better for the listeners. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can critique yeah, ourselves, guys. Oh yeah, well, we, we go hard. We, we yeah. we'll listen like, oh, there's some buzzing in the background. Oh, I I apologize for the buzzing uh, last episode. If you guys heard it, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it made me mad. I, I almost to the point where I wanted to come home and re-edit the show so th- to take it out. But I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna roll with it, and um, and you know, we'll just talk about it on the next episode. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's our show, fellas. Let's leave them with something to think about. What's going on, Rizy Buff? Who's taking us out? Uh, I just want to, I got like four points, but they're very quick. One, I want to thank everybody for the uh, birthday wishes on the Three Brothers No Sense page. Uh, Really appreciate that. Um, Turned 39 this past Saturday, so a brother getting old. So thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And listen, I don't like the holiday either. Trust me, I don't like it. It's a made-up holiday to spend money. But with that said, don't be that guy and have your lady be the only lady in the office that didn't get anything. I mean, just, I mean, if you if you want a happy home, man, just go and submit to it. Uh, just do something. You don't have to go all out, dinner, flowers, just some type of acknowledgement. It is a dumb holiday, but it's still good to have a day to make you stop because we all work and get busy. And sometimes we do need that reminder to show that person we love that we love them. Just like we have Black History Month. Yeah, we black all year, but it's still good to have that month to where we say, hey, let's let's remember the accomplishments that black people made. So uh, we got that. Also, oh, hey, Buff, before you do, do that, um, I want to throw out there, it is leap year this year. And so by the rules of leap year, the ladies are actually supposed to be doing it big for the men this year. So ladies, if you're listening, you, you need to be doing it. I, I will, I will yes, find sir. it. We will post it. But that yes, is, the, that is the, the wives tale of leap year <laughs> is that, yeah, the ladies are supposed to do it big for the guys this year. That's what's up. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you put that out there. Uh, speaking of Valentine's Day, the spread love, I started to show off on a kind of, I guess you could say, angry tone. And my main point is, I just want us, what Ferg said, I just want us to be able to disagree without name calling. Like, let's stop writing people off. Like, some of you guys wrote Jay-Z off because you disagree with how he got in, you know, got in bed with the NFL. Jay-Z, like, this dude has done so much. So, I don't want 10 positive things somebody has done to be negated by one thing you disagree with. Let's stop canceling each other. Let's stop the name calling and say, hey, I don't like the way you did that. Keep it moving. Have a healthy debate. And last but not least. Well, him and B got, you know, they got, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in a beehive, but I think I can call it B. Um, they got backlash for not standing for the national anthem during the Super Bowl. Yeah, he said they was, he said they was working. It wasn't a political statement. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. I'm like, okay, Jay. Huh? All right. <laughs> oh, and my last point, man, just a special shout out to Ambrosia Mentor and the homie Nicholas Ramsey. 
you know, they got some merch and they posted it to help, you know, spread the word about the show. Really love what you wrote about us and bros. That meant everything to the three of us. So thank you, too. I know, Nicholas, you listen to us all the time when you're like driving around for work. So big shout out to you guys. Thanks for the support. Most deaf, most deaf. Uh, only thing I'm going to add on there is uh, I've started a new documentary called They've Gotta Have Us. So Somebody it's a, yeah. yes, it, anybody that's out there, it's an awesome docu-series on black people in media and um, like movies. So go check it out, man. I mean, the first episode, it'll get you hooked. It just goes all the way back to Hattie McDaniel, you know, receiving Mm -hmm. an Oscar in a segregated theater. Like, from there, going through, talking through Spike Lee and how he held black cinema on his back. And the second episode goes into, you know, Boys in the Hood and Minister Society and all of that. So, man, it is a great docuseries. Um, Great time to do it right now while you're during black history month so go check it out if you're a cinema file or if you just like movies in general um go check that one out for us uh and let us know how you like it good stuff good stuff well i don't have much for us um two two house clean uh housekeeping things first of all rise gonna do his due diligence and get us uh a three brothers playlist going on on spotify so the songs that we we mentioned today so feel free to go to the group and let us know what we missed. As a matter of fact, we, we ask you to go to the group and let us know, let us know what we missed and also go to follow us on Spotify and listen to the three brothers, uh, three brothers playlist. Last but not least, I want to uh, say congratulations and welcome to the world for my uh, cousin. One of my dearest friends, Melvin Johnson just had a uh, twins, for Byron's birthday, so we'll never yeah. forget their birthdays. So we Byron celebrated thirty nine, and Melvin, uh, Brandon, and Bryce celebrated their first day on Earth. And so we'll be praying for him and his family uh, that the twins uh, make it through everything safely. And for the mother, so that's that's me just adding somebody else to the family. You know, just keep it growing. And with that being said, it's three brothers, no sense. Remember the six rules of podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. See you next week.